This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Here we go. Hour number two of the G-Bag Nation on 105.3 The Fan. Hope you're having a great afternoon and staying safe and warm, dry. Wolchuk has a ranking. Playoff losers with the best chances to win the Super Bowl. Where should the Cowboys rank? Text in on that at 877-881-1053. General at your service. If you see me, bear me. N-A. Brian Broaddus is at 75 Fitzhugh along with Lucius Alexander and Carter Freeman. You have... Uh, Zach Wolchuk at his parents' house uh, broadcasting. And now, joining us from the frozen tundra of Roanoke-ish, through the power of broadcast technology, it's Eric Chiafalo. And a good afternoon, sir. How the heck are you? Gentlemen, gentlemen, I'm fantastic. Am I coming through uh, loud and clear right now? Oh, it sounds terrific. Sounds terrific, man. Good job. That is exceptional quality. Uh, Thank you, DJ. how's, How's everything going out there? Man, I'll tell you what, uh, stuck in the house, three babies, uh, score, I mean, just a nightmare, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's been great. It's been wonderful. Uh, so this know, is a, this it. is like a tap out for you to join the show for a couple of hours. Thanks for making it happen. And thanks to DJ Pridemore, a founding father of the G bag nation for, for rigging this up for us. Bleeping legend. Man, thank God for DJ. He saw me throw up the bat signal and he came to rescue me. And by God, when I got that phone call about an hour ago, I, biggest smile came on my face. I said, let's go, baby. Let's go, DJ. If there's a will, there's a way. And gosh, dang it. Here we are. Right on, man. Well, uh, you're jumping in on a good Cowboys discussion. I think we'll Chuck, take it away. Yeah, so CBS Sports went ahead and ranked all of the playoff losers and judged them by all right, which one, which loser has the best chance to make the Super Bowl next year. Now, I think number the, the top two teams, I think we'd probably agree, based on all the teams that made the playoffs and lost, would probably be the Bengals and the Bills. Is there any objection to those two squads being at the top of this list? Um, I mean, I would put the 49ers tied with them, you know. Okay. They have to get through Kansas City. Uh, so maybe I'd have the Niners one and these guys tied for two. Yeah. I think it's going to be interesting where the 49ers are. Now, the big question is where are the Cowboys? Well, CBS Sports has the Seahawks at the bottom of this list. They are the Super Bowl loser with the least likely chance to make the Super Bowl, or the playoff loser, I should say. And the Cowboys at number 11. Number 11. CBS Sports writes every year we give them the on-paper hype they're due, and every year they remind us of their big stage failings. And now they're entering an offseason in which they won't have Extra cash for clear needs, like a true number two receiver. 
Dak remains a good quarterback with an aging line and play-calling uncertainty. Mike McCarthy set to take over in the wake of Kellen Moore's departure. His setup suddenly feels like it's years past its championship expiration date. Now, are they putting the Cowboys criminally too low with teams like the Dolphins? And how about the Bucks? The Bucks being ahead of the Cowboys here, I think, is the biggest wow, shocker. I'd have them trolling. at the bottom of the list. If they lose Brady, I don't think the Bucks are a playoff team. I think the Bucks have to be the team that lost in the playoffs this year that have the least likely chance to make the Super Bowl next year because they probably won't have a quarterback. But the Cowboys being next to last, and you have the Dolphins ahead of them, you have the Giants ahead of them, you have the Ravens, Ooh. which if you have Lamar Jackson, okay, I get it, uh, and the Vikings all ahead of the Cowboys. Look, I don't know that we believe that the Cowboys are a team that's going to be in the Super Bowl, but some of the teams that they've put ahead of them, it's basically saying they think the Cowboys might not even be a playoff team next year, boys. That's how crazy. That, I mean, huh? how many teams should be ahead of the Cowboys? I, I would say three for sure, and then after that, you're kind of having to reach to put some of these teams over, over the Cowboys, aren't you, Eric? Yeah, I mean, I, absolutely. The Buccaneers one is a little bit crazy to me. Uh, the Seahawks being behind them certainly makes sense. But is, is this one of these, Wolchuk, is this where they're just throwing the Cowboys very, very low so they can uh, get the fan base a little bit riled up? Or is this just how much respect Kellen Moore seems to have amongst the NFL community? What are they going to do without Kellen Moore? It could be. It could be that. Now, to your point, they've got the 49ers at six because of the uncertainty at quarterback. So they've got the Ravens, the Vikings, the Jags, Bills, and Bengals all ahead of them. So they're not giving the 49ers a lot of love either. But, I mean, look, there's a ton of question marks about the Cowboys. I think all of us are starting to wonder, because we do this dance every year, uh, and is Dak the guy that's good enough to get you to the Super Bowl? I think we all agree if he's got a roster like Jalen Hurts has in Philadelphia or like the San Francisco 49ers have put together around a Purdy or a Trey Lance or whoever starts – if you have a good team around Dak, he's good enough to maybe get you there. He's not yeah. good enough to carry a team there. So, yeah, sure, there's holes, there's deficiencies, but the Cow this is a trolling job by CBS Sports, in my opinion. To have some of these teams ahead of the Cowboys, while it's fair to question them, I don't know what the hell they're doing here. You know, I think it's inaccurate. It's not an aging line. Uh, you know, sure, but you were you were a lot of the season without Tyron Smith. Jason Peters isn't a real member. Other than that, you have Biotish and, and Tyler Smith and Terrence Steele. That's sixty percent of your line. Plus, you're going to add another young guy. Uh, I think in the first two days of the draft. Um, so, sure, Zach Martin's no longer a young guy, but I would say he's still somewhat in his prime as an interior offensive lineman. Gallup, Gallup is a number two. I don't know why we're pretending like the ACL hangover that happens to some guys isn't a real thing. That's real. He'll be back. Uh, and they can restructure a lot of deals. And I'll tell you what, Brian, I don't think Mike McCarthy – would want to take over and be the play caller if the Cowboys were about to tighten the belt and, uh, and, and send him and Dak out there to try to make the playoffs with a skeleton roster. Well, I think Brian's been so uh, angered by this list, he just took off. He just said, you know what, I'm done with it. I'm over, I've left the studio. That or he's got wow. a very important call and he's finding out about the Cowboys' new offensive coordinator. It's one of the very two. possible. But uh, oh, look we'll, at we'll this get little ones joining Chia Follow on the video stream. That's awesome. <laughs> it's is that, your, is little, that the, the oldest one, Maya? This is the middle one. This middle. is probably the most well behaved uh, at okay. this point. She could actually sit here and, and maintain some level of, of being quiet 
and respectful. So, uh, yeah, she's joined me now. Got a little Julesy cuddles going on right now. Oh, there we go. Okay, we got Brian's putting his headset oh, back on. He's okay, back. Let me okay. reset this point for Brian as soon as he gets his headset back on. Okay, headset's back on, Brian. <clears throat> yeah. The Cowboys can restructure a bunch of contracts. I don't think Mike McCarthy would be that excited about calling plays if he felt like Jerry Jones was about to slash this roster and leave him with a skeleton crew for, for Dak and him to try to drag to the playoffs. I think they're going to get aggressive team building. You buying or selling that? Man, I don't. That's a great question, and I'm trying to think of a really good answer because I don't have a really good answer. I think they're going to have to slash some contracts just because of the way they are with the cap. You know, I, I don't feel like that it's one of those things that, you know, I, I don't think really Mike has much of a choice. I'm sorry I left you there. I was getting the information about that Carolina uh, offensive coordinator potentially. I knew you'd come through. So, but we'll would. catch that another time. Uh, but yeah, the, the I, I don't I don't know. I, I just think that I think Mike is kind of like just give me who, give me who we have. You know, just tell me who I'm supposed to coach and. I'll coach those guys. I don't think he's like, I don't think he's stressing about this. I don't think he's stressing about, okay, well, we're going to lose Tyron Smith and we're going to lose Zeke and we're going to lose this guy and that guy. I don't think he's stressing. I think Mike's one of those guys like, whatever 53 guys or I have 58 guys I have, that's who I'm going to coach. I, I, I don't see it as one of those things that, you know, I do think there was a problem between, and that's why I asked you guys this question. I think there was a problem between Kellen and and McCarthy, and I think that that really both parties agreed that they just needed to move on. And Mike just took it as an opportunity, like, okay, maybe I could find a play, or maybe I could find a guy to help me with play calling stuff. And I think that that's what he's just doing. I, I don't know if it's anything to do with the, the salary cap at all. I also you know, wonder- the other thing I'd love to get your thoughts on Brian and, and Woolchuck set it up pretty good. Is yeah. you know should the should the Cowboys be second to last when it comes to you know, uh, Super Bowl chances of your playoff loser so far. Is that a troll, or could you see the Cowboys falling that far uh, compared to all, all the other playoff losers so far? Man, and I to me, I don't, I don't, I think that's more of a troll myself than it is, uh, you know, than it is them being that bad. I just, you know, to me, if they if they make plays, we talked about this, guys. We all watched the game. We all probably watched the all twenty two when it was done. They they missed some plays. They had can they had them beat. They I mean literally I they 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 were they they gave up 19 points. They got to win that game. So I mean I I don't know. I, I think that's more of a troll than it than it is anything. You know, I'm wondering, and in, in you know Eric, you asked about is this uh, CBS Sports and, and the Kellen Moore. You know, you lose Kellen Moore, and maybe the rest of the league has a ton of respect for Kellen Moore. Very possible. I wonder if it's also now a lack of belief in Dak Prescott is growing amongst mm-hmm. outsiders. And, look, we, we've always seen that within the fan base. There's a, a, a divide between Dak believers and those that have always been out on Dak. But I wonder now, back-to-back years in the playoffs, which has gotten even me, who has been a guy that has stood by Dak, but now I've even had some, some doubts creep in. I wonder if, you know, the, the author of this from CBS Sports, but even public perception is – the Cowboys just don't have a quarterback. The, the, the they don't have the guy. Well, I mean, that's just a, it's an over exaggeration to put them in dead last in the playoff. You still have, and this is what people do, one hundred percent. You lose in the playoffs, and the sky is falling. But when you really step back and look, you're still going to have a really, really dominant defense. Dan Quinn, Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs, that the the whole defense that you have set up right now, those guys are going to be there. Demarcus Lawrence, it's going to be a strong defense. And then you still have with Dak, 
you still have what the 10th best quarterback in the league. Even sure. if you want to be cynical and say he's, he's the 12th best quarterback in the league. Okay. Uh, 14 quarterbacks are making the playoffs. So you're yeah. and, and consistently over his time, you win regular season games and get to the playoffs. So that's just unless he's getting injured and the season goes spiraling down and there's COVID. But otherwise, hey, dude, they're probably making the playoffs no matter what. So to put them at 11 is a little bit insane. Yeah. They're a regular season machine right now, you know. Um, and I, I think maybe Dak struggling two playoffs in a row is for outsiders that aren't paying attention you know, and even some local people, you know, some fans, maybe they're that convinced that Dak's not the answer to get you to a Super Bowl. But that is a huge difference from being bad or not being able to pile up regular season wins. And history tells us half of these playoff teams aren't going to make the playoffs next year. Right. I think the Cowboys are going to be set up pretty well uh, uh, to do that. And Dak has been dunking on a lot of these quarterbacks for for his career. You know, it's not like he's fallen like sub Derek Carr or anything crazy like that. Still, uh, you know, a very good quarterback, very good defense. Now, uh, nine oh three, the Cowboys are that bad, y'all. I mm. mean, back 12, 12 wins. I mean, thirteen uh, actually, if you count a playoff game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Martin's actually older than Tyron. He is, but and Tyron's not old for an offensive lineman, is he? I mean, he's he's not young anymore. But no. it's just the fact that that Martin's holding up and and Tyron's yeah, physically. Apart. That's the thing about it is the older your linemen are, really the better they are. Look what Lane Johnson's doing. Look what you know. Look what our guy Williams is doing with San Francisco. Two of the top linemen in the league. They're gonna you know. I mean huh. that that's kind of where I think the older you are, you know, like always talk about the whole trip and clip guys. Once they yeah. kind of learn that, and it usually takes them being a little bit older guy, a veteran guy. And, and Tyron Smith was drafted very young. Was he 20, 21 years 20? old? Yeah, yeah, when he was picked. So, yeah. he's The problem with Tyron Smith is he just can't stay healthy. That's really right. the biggest issue with Tyron Smith. His body's failed him. You yeah. know, that's the issue yeah. there to yeah. where, yeah, Martin For somebody that older, physically but... looks as good as he does or as great as he does, he's had a lot of problems with that. And those injuries, they have a collaborative effect where they just start slowing you down, and and your you know your quickness and and your suddenness go, goes away every time you pick another one of those up, especially if it's the back and the legs. Eight one seven, they're being realistic. Almost thirty years of futility in their logic. So that would be the idea that no matter how close it looks like the Cowboys are, they actually have no chance of finishing it. And I just don't buy that. I think you know? we're all becoming the prisoners of the past. I don't want to. I don't want to live my life as being a prisoner of the past. I, I really, do really don't. I just in in life. I don't care if it's sports or not, man. I think there's things that I'm that that we should all be, you know, thankful for, or things in our life that made us better along the way. But I think too many times, as a sports fan, you and especially Cowboy fans, you are becoming a prisoner of the past, and that's not a way to le- to lead your life. I'm sorry, no. it just isn't. Wanna- don't watch. What's the point of doing sports talk radio? If, if that's how you want to act and live, then yeah. just don't be plugged in. Yeah. That's fine. If you just want to be super negative about it, that's okay. But eventually, there's going to be the year where they break through and it happens. And I don't want you sitting there celebrating the parade if that's the negative attitude you want to have. A good, that's a good call, Wolchuk. That's a real good call. And I, I plan on I plan on being shirtless with you at the parade, Wolchuk. I, I don't care if it's going to be December. I don't care if it's going to be Ice Apocalypse when we're doing our Super Bowl parade. I'm ready for this. You and me. Be be a very proud parade. <laughs> <laughs> See what you're going there. It's going to be crazy. <laughs>
See what you're doing. And the truckwreck.com fan text is open for you at 877-881-1053. We don't need fans like that. Tear them up, says uh, the 210. Well, I just, I mean, I understand. Hey, I'm not going to tell you how to be a fan. I'm just saying you probably shouldn't. I mean, me personally, I I understand. I, 27, 28 years, I get it. You know, but I, 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 I look at every team differently. I look at, you know, this team coming up will be different than the one you just you just competed with. It's, it's not going to be the same. You know, for the Philadelphia Eagles, it's not the same. They got bounced. They got bounced in the uh, in the in the first round of the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. You know, got, it looked bad against Tampa. You know, and all of a sudden, you know, like everybody's like, oh, geez, this Eagles team. Oh, they're never getting this quarterback. They can't throw it with this court. You know, OK, fine. You know, you're in the Super Bowl now. I yeah. just I I tend to I tend to look at every year and every team differently in that regard. Things can change quickly, and coming up at four o'clock, we do have the top fifty NFL free agents. If the Cowboys want me to believe in them, uh, for real, you know, I think they got to get a couple of those guys, and we'll talk about that coming up at four o'clock. Ooh. Mavs are reportedly targeting a superstar. We have audio and a discussion on that coming up next here in the G Back Nation. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yes, sir. Welcome back, Nation. We are going to go around the Mavs and talk about some juicy trade ideas, but there's breaking news from Adam Schefter. Saints and Broncos finalizing compensation in return for head coach Sean Payton. Sources telling ESPN that clears the way for Payton to sign with the Broncos to become Denver's next head coach, and so Payton is expected to head to Denver as its uh, next head coach. All right, so uh, congratulations to him and I guess the Saints for getting some compensation. And if he is going to be the next coach of the Cowboys, definitely going to be some uh, time between now and the next opportunity to uh, to do that. Um, and then, you know, I, maybe it's another reason that, uh, that the Broncos decided to not go with Dan Quinn. So a lot of different uh, tie-ins with that story that are interesting talking points here. Uh, gentlemen, what's your reaction? Well, first off, Gavin, breaking news on 105.3 The Fan is presented by BetQL. Smarter bets with BetQL. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. Yeah, I just sent him a text message. Right on. I told him, I said, hey, I guess I've become a Broncos fan now. So, yeah, uh, we'll see if uh, – <laughs> We'll see if uh, if he gets back with me on that, but I, I'm happy for him. I think it was going to come down to 
I think it was going to come down to him and that defensive coordinator in uh, in in San Francisco. And yeah. once once that uh, once that uh, looks like the Texans are all over that one. Mm-hmm. But Sean Sean, you know, he he even came out and Sean defended because there were some people that were uh, that were uh, kind of putting out there that Sean and ownership were having some issues. You know, it's normally like not for Sean to comment about anything going on with any negotiations. But when Sean came out and said, this is absolutely false. You know, I have no problem with the ownership with the Broncos. The one thing that the one thing that the ownership of the Broncos can do is they've got billions of dollars, billions of dollars. You know, it's different uh, when you go and work for a team like that. When you have owners that have deep pockets, they could pay them what they want. They can go get free agents. They can make moves. They can, you know, they can do whatever they have to do. You know, and so that's where I think Sean looked at the Broncos situation as a very inviting one. You know, you look at some of these other teams like the Chargers. Chargers ownership are billionaires because of they own their team, but they don't have deep pockets. Sure. They don't have that ability to, like Jerry Jones, very deep pockets to go out and do whatever he needs to do or whatever. So I, I think it's a great, I think it's a great uh, opportunity for Sean and, uh, I think that uh, he's going to, uh, you know, sitting out for a year, probably recharge his battery a little bit, and and uh, he's going to be ready to go. You think the yeah, this is a contender, Wolchuk. It's going to be fascinating to see him and Russell Wilson work together. Yeah. And and he's talked about during his analysis on Fox that he thinks that he could he could fix Russell Wilson, but he's not taking that job if he if he doesn't. Right? I mean, he he has. The ability, one, to either sit back, not take any of these jobs for this year, stay at Fox, earn money, wait till next year. Sean Payton was never not going to be a hot name. It's like we've talked about with guys like Bill Cowher or or even John Gruden when he was with Monday Night Football on ESPN. When you're as successful as a coach as Sean Payton's been in the league, you're always going to be one of the top guys in the market. So if he didn't believe in what they've got going on with that roster, which has a really good defense, and honestly, they got a lot of good pieces on offense, the big question is, that quarterback. Is Russell Wilson washed, for lack of a better word? Sean Payton must believe he can find a way to get the most out of Russell Wilson, and it's going to be fascinating to find out this year. What do you think his priorities are going to be in in, in emphasis, Brian? I could see him really wanting to run the football there in Denver and and take a little bit of the pressure off Russell Wilson. Do you think Wilson still has enough that if they played complimentary that he could at least be efficient? I think so. I think the uh, you know, I think with Sean, he's, you know, Sean always loves the challenge. And Sean is, and Gavin, you, you made a really good point earlier about coaches like Andy Reid and Sean Payton and guys like that who are older, yeah. but they, they study the game or they get guys around them that have the ability that to go and pick ideas off. You know, I mean, I, I talked about a guy like Andy did it when he was in Green Bay. John Gruden did it when he was in Green Bay. Those younger coaches trying to make a name, trying to kind of get, you know, build a little bit of of uh, credibility with the head coach. So all of a sudden you're stealing plays. You're bringing in plays. Hey, we need to try this. What about that? Sean and, and Andy and those guys, that's what they. That's how they grew up. So, yeah, I, I think that he'll have to figure out a way to work. He's already got a great defense. That 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 is not a, that, that is not a question at all, man. That, yeah. that, that is a great defense there. And so now he's got half of the battle done. So he's he's going to be able to work with Russell Wilson. I think that you're going to see them. You know, they're going to try and fix things with that offensive line. That's really really big with Sean. And but he's also it's going to be about you know trying to scheme ways, trying to scheme ways 
for these Broncos for uh, Jerry Judy and Sutton and those guys. Uh, you know, Fant, the tight end. The, the, well, Fant went to – they sent him off to uh, uh, Seattle. Seattle. But, yeah, but the tight ends that they have there that, you know, that they could they could sure use and, and, and the, in, in the scheme, yeah. Yeah, and, and it looks like the Texans, according to Schefter, have also finalized their deal with D'Amico Ryan. So yeah. all the dominoes now That's it. falling. That's Six it. Six-year okay. deal. Six-year deal for D'Amico Ryans to be the head coach where he Well, that means he'll last one because that's the history of the Texans. They fire their guys after one year. No, I mean, D'Amico Ryans, that's a great hire for them. He's a yeah. former player there, and, you know, sometimes these former players, when they do, we saw with Jason Garrett, he had yeah. a long career. He had some success. You know, we'll see if D'Amico Ryans can do the same thing. I think he's exactly what a team building needs, you know, get him a good foundational defense. But, like, his energy and his enthusiasm on the sidelines has got to be incredibly contagious to play for. And when you're getting kind of getting kicked in the teeth, I, I think that, you know, that can be a guy to kind of change the energy and, and maybe the momentum uh, uh, down there in Houston. But that is a, a huge job ahead of him. You know, in, in Denver with, with Sean Payton, you know, I just – I always think of the guys that you talk to that have worked with Sean Payton and how they all glow on his ability ability to recognize things and teach the game in a way of looking at the game that kind of sets him apart so I would not be one bit surprised at all if you know he turns Denver into that team that a lot of people were expecting them to be when they did get Russell Wilson segment here is brought to you by the Frankels if you are hurt in an accident and it's not your fault, call the Frankels, 214-333-3333 the website truckwreck.com unfortunately you know, it's it's treacherous out there, and some people think that it's okay because one part of the uh, pavement is okay, everything's okay, and we can just go 60 again. And those people are a terrible accident waiting to happen. And if it finds you, hopefully everybody is okay. But go to the Frankels, go to truckwreck.com. They'll make sure you don't settle for less. Tim McMahon on the Low Post podcast here. We have some audio. We're talking Mavs. Their next game is Thursday. They'll host the Pelicans. Uh, then they have the Warriors and Jazz and Clippers. Uh, fun stretch is coming mm. up uh, for the Mavs, um, you know, and a chance to make some hay against some of the other contenders. And there's also great trade deadline chatter. And this one's awesome. You know, we're talking about trying to get a Bogdanovich or a Levine. And yesterday came the news that the Mavs are making everybody available and they're looking for a superstar. We're not looking for little upgrades. If we're going to make a trade, we're trying to go to the top. Who could they target? Tim McMahon here on the Low Post Podcast Cut 6. Don't know. It, it is interesting. He's a name that I've heard uh, around the Mavericks. And again, I think that would have to be a, a, a later than right now type of situation. Well, that's interesting. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. And, and, and again, I think it, it gets down to this with going back to the Mavericks of, Hey, they need to get a co-star. So who might be available and, you know, do we like him as a fit with Luca? You can argue about paying a center that much in today's NBA. Who's not a primary offensive option. But he can certainly serve as the backbone of a defense. He's proven that. He is a skilled center who can, you know, he's not just a uh, lob finisher. But, again, I think that's more than likely a down-the-road conversation. Um, they are both represented by Bill Duffy. I think he would certainly be happy to have those guys teamed up together. So uh, I should have set it up better with the question, but he was talking about DeAndre Ayton with the Phoenix Suns. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, would that be a name that would excite you guys to, to join Luka in the maps? Yeah, I mean, you're looking at a guy that, you know, to me, 
is certainly a player that I, I thought Phoenix was going to be building around, and, and Devin Booker turned out to be the absolute superstar there. But he averages eighteen a double-double basically every game. I don't think he's been the type of rim protector that some thought he might be, but to Tim's point, I mean, he, he can play decent defense. I think he'd be a great fit with Luka when you talk about pick and rolls. Uh, and I, I, I would like the name. Now, I think the Suns, didn't they just give him a big deal this past summer. Yeah, they so, kept him away from the Pacers is what right. they did, yeah. So you'd be taking on whatever that salary is, which I think was like a four-year contract is what they signed. I'd have to double-check and look up the exact numbers on that. But it's certainly a name that I'd be interested in, and, and that's not one that we've heard being linked with the Mavericks before. That's interesting for Tim McMahon to name drop that. That'd be a big swing. You know, he wanted to go, and I, I think it's I think it's genius. It's a good player to, at a major position of need for the Mavs that doesn't want to be where he is. Um, I, I could really see, it, you know, just with the next bump in the road for Phoenix, he has felt like they haven't given him the opportunity to be a superstar. His efficiency numbers are through the roof. If you give him 10 more shots, he's going to be in consideration for having the best numbers in the league up there yeah. with Jokic and Embiid. So, you know, him wanting out, I think, is a, a, a big possibility. And I don't know what the Mavs could offer. Maybe that's why Tim is saying it's something that you could maybe pull off in the summer when your full complement of draft picks will be available to make a big trade like that. Brian, would would uh, get, would getting Aiton be uh, good enough to give up like four four first round picks to get? Well, I'll tell you what, man. It seems like all we've been doing is chasing first round picks. It's it felt like we've given a hundred of them to the Knicks. You know, in this deal, I mean, just give I, it to the sun. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, let you me don't ask, want another Porzingis deal. That's for sure. how do, okay. Let me ask you guys this question, and I appreciate you letting give me some latitude on this one. How do you beat everybody in the West? How, how, how is it? How do you handle the teams in your conference? I mean, that's going to be the trick is, is having Aiton, is that the thing that's going to put you in a better position? I, and I know he's better than anything the Mavericks have got. Don't get yeah. me wrong, but are there are are there are there other pieces that you would rather have to help you try and win the West than adding Aiton to the to the mix? I think he's skilled enough as a big, and he can shoot threes. And you need to contend with the Warriors probably for the next three years. Kavon Looney is a game changer. If you don't have a center, he'll dominate you. And yeah. he dominated teams on on their way to a championship last year. I don't know if they win it without Kavon Looney, which is crazy that he's that important. But he is. You know, obviously a a, a, a six foot eight wing who can create shots for himself and make threes would be the ideal thing to get. But if that's not available and it's not, I, I think Aiton qualifies as, as a premium championship type of asset. Yeah, to, to me, fits also well with a Nikola Jokic. If you're looking at you know yeah. competing against Denver, he's got that athleticism yeah. and the size to go ahead and, and it, at least challenge Jokic, right, with his length and his mobility to try and keep up with him, and both guys can stretch the floor. So if you're just kind of looking at how the West is constructed right now, adding a guy, he's, one, he's going to help you with rebounding, two, to Gavin's point, he can stretch the floor for you, but I think the athleticism allows him to compete with every single big in the West. See, the thing about it is, and I was doing some research on this, just looking at trade possibilities, this sounds like a deal that Portland needs to make, because Portland's one of the Ooh. smallest teams in the league. You sure. know, I mean, that, if, and, and, if you know, and, and I'm not going to sit here and act like I know what Portland's situation is with their, with their trade, with their, their picks and all that stuff, but the more I was kind of diving in, t- looking at players, I was sitting there thinking, and, and they mentioned Portland. 
as yeah. being one of the smallest teams. And then maybe this Similar is a situation. Yeah, maybe that. this is maybe this is where Portland all of a sudden says, well, we've got the assets ready to go. You know, yeah. we're going to go out and get a guy like this that can help us win the West. You know, or or you know, and or be more competitive in the West. You know, that being a smaller team. Okay. Um, the other players being discussed today. Gary Trent Jr. in Toronto. You know, there's talks about better players with the Raptors, but Gary Trent Jr. is the one they're interested in moving. I think that would be an excellent fit. Tough guy, son of a former Mav. He's a guard, but playmaking, creating, and he can shoot threes, and he likes playing off the ball. Um, He played off Damian Lillard incredibly well for a couple of seasons before he got traded a few years ago. 24 years old as well, and he's averaging 18 and 10 while playing 29 minutes. Like, that's a guy I would want more than a Bogdanovich. Fred Van Vliet, they, they're not really interested in trading him. Wait, Gavin, um, can I circle back? What, what, yeah. do you, what do you think, and I again, it's probably putting you in a bad spot, what do you think they want for Trent? Could you give them a player? I mean, are you going to have to give up ones, multiple I'm ones? I'm not that familiar with what Toronto wants. Do you know, Wolchuk? Like, I, I don't, don't even know why they're trading guys away that are quality. They're they're close to contending. They're, they're, I'd be hoarding talent. Again, looking at their team, they're in a situation where it was they were talking about yeah. they, they don't defend the three very well. So yeah, they're I, looking they're looking for players like wings and yes, stuff exactly. like that. So they they now okay. And, and is Dodo is this where Dodo makes sense there? If you get you're going to give somebody that's a defender that can shoot, but. I mean, is that am I going down the right I, path? I think there? Gary Trent Jr. is a better overall player, you know. But Dodo is the three and D, you know, prototype that the championship teams aspire for. They don't have from again looking at their situation in Toronto. They don't have problems in the paint. Their stuff mm-hmm. is all on the on the wings that they yeah. deal with. So I, I I was just thinking if Gary Trent was you know. To give up to get eight, you'd have to give up a lot. I don't know what you have to give up. See, it's just it's probably not worth giving up resources that could go for a bigger player like eight. And so I don't think the Mavs would do it. But like if you could get him for Bullock, uh, you know, yeah, you would be you would just be absolutely ecstatic. Okay, um, coming up next, Woolchuck has three NFL trends that will carry over into 2023 let's talk some nfl football here with you in the g-bag nation of the fan well thank you lucius it is the g-bag nation here on the fan coming up at four o'clock top 50 free agents and uh, some names here that if the cowboys pick up i think you'd be pretty anxious to buy into what the team's doing we'll see what those names are and if i can uh, convince you that maybe the cowboys should target them Uh, but right now we have Three NFL trends that will carry over into 2023, and here is your host, Zach Wolchuk. Thank you very much. These trends that could carry over, I got to say, they fit pretty nicely with our Dallas Cowboys when it comes to building this offseason. We start with number one, some trends that we saw from teams that will carry over, and it is invest heavily in that offensive line. Now, this is a trend that I think you could probably just say from the test of time, that should always carry over, but we saw teams definitely do that this offseason. The Bengals certainly come to mind as a team that allowed 51 sacks last year. They went ahead and added Lyle Collins, Ted Karras, Alex Kappa. Uh, Now, yes, Collins injured, but they definitely put a lot of focus into improving a weakness, and they improved 
a lot in terms of their sack rate improve, uh, decreased from where it was a year ago. The interception rate from Burrow decreased from where it was a year ago. Most of those are in a correlation to the offensive line improved. You can look at the way that the San Francisco 49ers have gone ahead and built as well. It's the offensive line. Look at the Kansas City Chiefs, Joe Tooney. Orlando Brown. That was a weakness for them when they lost the Super Bowl to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now they're back in it this year. So there's definitely ways in which you look at the Creed Humphrey pick was another one that they did. And then the Eagles that are in the Super Bowl this year. Their offensive line may be the best in the sport. And they went ahead and took Landon Dickerson in round two. They've taken Cam Jurgens in the second round as well. Even if they have guys right now that are starters, they know J- Jason Kelsey eventually every year. This might be his last year. They've got a plan in place to go ahead and replace those players. And if there's injuries, then they have some of these young, high upside draft picks that can plug and play right away. So these two teams that are in the Super Bowl right now are good examples of it, but also other playoff teams that have made deep runs, also a good example of make sure you are investing heavily in your offensive line. I mean, the most important thing is to get good players. Um so if the offensive line isn't there and you end up going defense and you make your defense significantly better, that would be great. You go find guys like Parsons and Diggs, you're going to be good for a long time. Um, you know, but to me, I think it makes a lot of sense to say, hey, we've invested in our defense. We're there. We have Dan Quinn back. We can hold the line here. We're not losing a lot. Let's spend some real uh, draft picks here and maybe some cash on really souping up this offensive line and giving us a chance to have that ham sandwich uh, pocket that uh, Dak played in in 2016. Yeah, the, the the whole thing, the one thing that this scouting staff has proven is if they go out and they're evaluating offensive line, especially first-round offensive linemen, they seem to have a really good feel for that. Now, we'll see what happens with well, let's go ball. I'm, you know, Farniak still here. I mean, they've got some guys that some some depth pieces, but do you go ahead and just say it, you know, at, at 26, you know, is the is that best player going and going to get another offensive lineman? They've they've done it now with, like I say, with Tyler Smith and Travis Frederick and guys like that. At the bottom of the board, they've they've worked that that out pretty well when they've went out and identified somebody. So I, I'm never, ever against adding offensive linemen. I just think it and, – and it might be, too, if you get enough offensive linemen and you have to move on from your quarterback, at least your your quarterback that you bring in will new. And Dak benefited from that in 2016, mm-hmm. yeah. that their offensive line was experienced. It was ready to go. Uh, you know, it was just kind of a plug-and-play. You put the quarterback back there, and away you went. So maybe if you if you can you know, develop some of these young linemen and then – all of a sudden, they're like they're two, three, four years in, and now you're not having to worry about a rookie quarterback having to make starts for you. And one of the best stats that came from this that supports that case is during the regular season, you had 12 qualifying quarterbacks that managed a passer rating over 75 while under pressure. When kept clean, you had a whopping 39 passers have a quarterback rating over 75. If you are able to protect even a below-average quarterback and find a way to have success in the NFL, according to those numbers. So a Brock Purdy gets thrown in there. If you can protect for him, and it's not to say Brock Purdy's not good, 
but it's going to be able to make it to where you can still maintain and be competitive even if you lose your starting quarterback. That's a great way to team build by solidifying the front and making sure that you're solid there. Now, yeah, you want Dak to be accurate. Give him some protection. You'll see that anticipation. And absolutely. Way up. Speaking of the quarterbacks, the other trend is when in doubt, take flyers on quarterbacks. And this goes to the trend that we're seeing where teams are moving off of guys. You know, the Eagles took Jalen Hurts, and they were able to move on from Carson Wentz. The 49ers moved up, took Trey Lance. They also still drafted Brock Purdy, even with having Jimmy Garoppolo. So you've seen other teams now, and I think the Cowboys need to fall into this category because you might be in a position where you're going to, one, have to talk about giving Dak Prescott another contract. Do you want to do that? And if you don't, then what's the future looking like? And I think you should. If there's a guy on the board, and it doesn't need to be necessarily in the first or second day, but go ahead and take flyers on a guy, and who knows, maybe you'll hit on him. Yeah, the the Cowboys talked about in the third round – uh, even when they were doing stuff with the wide receiver, they were talking about Howell the, from North Carolina. It, they really, really liked him. They were looking at him more of a third-round, fourth-round player. I, I think there's some absolute value. It was something that we did in Green Bay. You know, if we, we go back and, you know, you, you think about the guys. I know training for Favre, drafting Mark Burnell, drafting Ty Detmer. We got – Kurt Warner off the street after the draft. I mean, there was there's ways of doing this. So, but it was always about trying to take a guy, whether it's at fourth, fifth, and especially if you've got those compensatory picks. Right. If I yeah. got it correct, I think Dak Prescott was a compensatory pick himself. Yeah, he was so their if, second. Yeah, fourth. if they're gonna, and it looks like Dallas is gonna have two fives and a six on these compensatories, and you could you could take those two fives and move that thing forward. You know, and maybe grab somebody there in the bottom of the fourth. Maybe get up in the third round with some, with those with those picks. So I I I'm all about trying to find those quarterbacks. If you really really like a guy, if your staff, if your coaches said, hey, we've kind of identified. That's how they got Dak Prescott through. You know, Wade Wilson. Wade Wilson's the one that stood on the table for Dak Prescott and said, hey, you need to draft this guy. This is the one you need to go after. So. Uh, any kind of gut feeling like that in the third, fourth round, I have absolutely no problem with. Yeah, I, I think that's genius. You know, who, who knows what you're going to find there. Um, and the thing that it comes down to, Woolchuck, is it's just so hard to tell who the good quarterbacks are, and right. especially in college. Yep, and, and take a flyer, and who knows? Maybe you hit gold. Otherwise, it could just be somebody else that you move on from, but just keep well, throwing those darts. They they drafted Mike White, and, you know, I kind of moved on from Mike White. I, you know, Mike White didn't last here, but, there you know, you've seen Mike White play in NFL games and, and have some success. So you wonder, could Mike White been better than Cooper Rush, you sure. know, if they would have kept things around? I mean, maybe they, maybe they had the right idea with Mike White, It just didn't work out here the way you thought it would. The last one and the final trend that will carry over to 2023, it's be aggressive. Be aggressive, boys. And, yeah, you can take a look at the Rams last year, but you definitely can look at the Eagles this year. With what they did, you trade for A.J. Brown. You trade for Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Johnson. The Giants let go of James Bradbury. All right, nine days later, Eagles go scoop him up. How about the GM, Brett Veach, of the Kansas City Chiefs? 
we're going to move on from you, Tyreek Hill. So what do you do? You go ahead, you sign Juju Smith-Schuster, you draft Sky Moore, you make sure you go ahead and you, you spend a lot of high-premium draft picks on that defense. They sign Carlos Dunlap. They sign Justin Reed. These are all examples also of a team that paid their quarterback, by the way, and they're still adding talent elsewhere on their roster. So I, there's nothing that infuriates me more than the myth that you can no longer spend money and improve your football team after you've paid your quarterback. It is a load of BS, and teams are just going to throw it out there as an excuse. It ain't true, and the Kansas City Chiefs are a prime example of it as they are now making their third Super Bowl appearance in five years. Hey, man, you got to get after it. You know, there's two different modes in the NFL. You're either a building or contending, and uh... – you know, the, the the teams that don't spend enough time in the building mode never quite get to full contention, in my opinion, unless you have Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Drop the mic. Am I Drop still it. on? You got Drop it, it man. Yeah. You hit You're it. Good. Drop you it. hit it. Drop it like it's hot. Thank you, sirs. Uh, great segment, Wolchuk, and uh, we look forward to talking more about the trends and storylines that will continue on from this year into next. We have the top 50 free agents. If the Cowboys want me to believe in next year, they got to get one of these guys, maybe two. I'll tell you who I'm looking at and ask uh, Broadus and, and Wolchuk about them. Then uh, top 10 at 420 is right around the corner here on 105.3 The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.